0: Hey, what's up, everyone? It's your boy Feño, and this is another episode of the Prelims podcast. We're here to discuss what happened in a in a pretty busy uh, week for MMA. Uh, we're going, as usual, talk about some news, some fight announcements, and talk what's going on in the next week. And spoilers: next week is not very good, but we'll get we'll get onto that. So, three, three pretty big events last week. So, first we have uh, one. One had a big event on the United States, uh, headlined by Mighty Mouse Johnson. Had a somewhat okay fight with, with Adriano Moraes to, to give closure to their trilogy. As we know, Adriano Moraes won their first counter with... With a knee, I think, in the ground of Demetrius Johnson, who, who as you know, was used to the to the unified rules of MMA. Not really used to the, the whole knees to the down opponent thing, but, I mean, you gotta adapt. It was a very good win. The Ramon looked very good. Then they had the rematch. Demetrius Johnson had that insane knee knockout like, like a leaping knee on a clinch break. Amazing, amazing stuff. And now... They had the third bout, and it wasn't that great. I mean, Demetrius Johnson did a lot of work in the clinch in this one. Some cool knees, leaping knees uh, to the head inside the clinch. Good stuff. The, the fight wasn't very exciting. I, I think, if anything, Adriano Morales looked more, more past it than DJ. If this is D, uh, DJ, DJ's last fight, I'm totally fine with it. One of the best fighters of all time. And still, still very good to this day, like great stuff uh, on the on the coming event. We have uh, Muay Thai fight, Rot-Tang fought against the Mexican Edgar Juarez Tavares and good stuff. I mean, Rod Tank put it on him. Uh, knockout with a vicious elbow. It was very good stuff. Uh, other than that, in the car what I find interesting, um, there was a few stuff. Uh, and an MMA bout between Stamp Fertex and Alice Anderson. And and, and it was a, f- a fun striking affair. Uh, the finish of the fight came as Fertex uh, had Anderson in the, in the clinch. Went for a uh, left knee. Uh, Alice Anderson disengages uh, backups in, in southpaw stance Yeah. She backs up in, in south stands from the, from the clinch and immediately f- uh, Stamp nails her with a huge body kick. It was, it was beautiful to be honest, um, a great knockout. Between, uh, before that we had Roberto Soldi against, uh, Sebastian Calistam soldish uh all right hands uh, I mean left hands His super uh so he was going all left hands doing his his classic stuff uh at the end of the fight came as uh, soldish goes for a naked uh, left straight to the body and cast um, uh meets him with a uh, with the elbow with the right elbow to the face and um, I mean, great, great knockout, to be honest. Great stuff. <laughs> Before that, we have the return of Sage Northgood that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, after being brutally knocked out by uh, Cosmo, uh, he fought uh, Ahmed Mujaba in on this one. You know, the fight begins, they find uh, they meet in the middle. Uh, both guys hit each other with the jab, I think, as uh, Northgood kind of goes down, or I think Mujaba Gala graphs, like a takedown of the rock not, uh not good. Uh, Sage produces like a uh, scramble and, <laughs> and catches him with the heel hook. It was very funny. Uh, he was so hyped. Uh, so good for Sage Northcutt. <laughs> Uh well, There was uh, some some amazing grappling and nothing too good. And we had a, a Muay Thai bout uh, with MMA gloves in the cage. Jackie Buntan, the American against Australian Deandra Martin and Buntan. Beautiful knockout of feints against Cage goes with the left hook to the body, right hook to the head. Uh, Martin couldn't answer the the standing eight count. So great, great knockout for the American. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun. Um, If one wanted to introduce themselves in America, I think they, they did a very good job. Uh, a lot of people like were like oh the, the production is so much better than the UFC and the stuff I think um I don't I don't know much about that I, I think it was a very good event um I think the I think in some sense the production values of the UFC are, are a bit underrated I think the the camera work it might be more boring for some people in the UFC but I think it always gives you like clear view of the action I mean for for me as an analysis of least. I, I appreciate that. I think the, um, the illumination in the UFC, the light illumination, right? <laughs> the, the lighting, the lighting in the UFC is is very clear, and it it's like it doesn't look artistic, but it looks like very everything is very clear, and I think that's something that like for example, some people that love the presentation of like Bellator or ONE, and I think it's what is is the closest to a UFC to looking like very clear and good. Oh, the camera work I would say it's a bit better in the UFC for a for a visibility point of view I think they have nailed the the angles that allow you to to follow up the action in the best way but, but I mean yeah good good event uh they were making a huge deal of it because every uh, every time anyone got a knockout like the the announcer interviewer guy was like and oh, you're getting 50k from Chatry and stuff and it was it was very cringe. It was indeed very cringe. But I've been good for the fighters getting paid. I hope they're making good money, especially like Mighty Mouse and Session Orca. The kind of guys that that were like not respected by the UFC. I'm glad they are making good money. I'm I'm obviously not a UFC shield. Um I think the UFC has the best roster in the sport, but I I I'm obviously very pro-fire against big corporations as you should know by that if you're listening to me, but, but yeah, I mean, if, if I, if I'm making some critiques of one, it's not that I want to maintain the stupid, like, m- m- monopoly that the UFC has, it's just that you, sometimes you gotta, you gotta have some takes, like, I, I guess, like, people were always like, oh, Bellator and, and Pride used to have, like, so great so great, like, entrances to their, to the ring and, I kind of disagree on that like I know people love the ramp because it reminds them of of pro wrestling but I don't know I, I like the especially during pay-per-views in big arenas I like the like long intimate walkout that the fighters have with their crew and getting to the getting to the inspection zone before going into the cage with their with their song I think that's that's good enough for an entrance to me it feels more intimate that oh uh, the Bellator they they're doing like this, like the ramp uh, into the cage it's very short um they they seem to not have uh the the same like liberties with the music oh the graphics in the, in the screens are very boring to me uh the the only thing is that they get to like dress up sometimes but that doesn't that doesn't really mean doesn't mean doesn't really enhance the the watching experience to me like if Juan or Julieta wants to to dress as a conquistador it's like I don't really give a, a single shit about that. Uh, talking about Archuleta. We'll, we'll be talking about Archuleta. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, getting sidetracked, but I guess that's what the, the podcast is for. I mean, if you wanted just a recap or of or, or shit, you, you can just, like, read it from websites, I guess. But yeah, I mean good event for one Happy for Mighty Mouse, some cool knockouts, the Rotten one, the the two girls knockouts that I said, uh, Sage good with the meme finish. So yeah, that's good. Uh, one thing that yeah, the that Ty Ru- Rutolo versus Renier there there, uh, grappling bout fucking sucked. Like, you do not put let like, let's let's get this one out of the way. You're not putting two guys that are not wrestlers in a grappling bout, in a grappling bout inside a cage, if neither of them is, like, a guard, or a bottom player. Because you get, like, the most boring, like, tentative wrestling shit going on all, all the time. Every time they try that, it never works. So, like, uh, one should be more careful about the matchmaking when it comes to grappling, because grappling can be very alienating to, to the casual fans. I know they're doing this kind of brand, like, oh, Every like big, like martial art competition inside the same roof. Uh, a lot of people are saying that they're using like the MMA to promote the act, the actually the Muay Thai, and I think that that maybe has a, a good chance to be very interesting uh, and to tap in a market. I mean, as you know, even like nowadays, people still get mad sometimes when when fight goes to the ground. So, so yeah, I mean, if that's one. Yeah, plan, I would say, like, be more careful with the grappling matchmaking because you have a lot of times like very boring bouts. It's the rule set is not very conductive to to being very exciting. I would say that uh, it's it's not that it's not that one never has exciting grappling bouts, they do. But but uh, this one, it was very easy to see that it was not going to be a very exciting one especially with the size difference and all like because reader was the bigger fighter, but it was, he was the worst wrestler of the two. So the chances of any of them taking the other one down were, were pretty low. Uh, but yeah, the other second big event of the week was Rising, Rising 42. It had a, a cool main event. Uh, haven't had the chance to watch this one, like the whole thing. Uh, but Kaya Sakura against Yuki Motoya. Uh, apparently, Asakura looked super, super good. Uh, my body Bell sent me a sent me a gif of the fight, a knockdown on at the end of the second round, and he went uh, with a like a little shift into a combination that looked great. That looked great. Um, the co-main we had Juan Archuleta against Naoki Inoue. I guess Archuleta is fighting. Um, it's actually the fight in Asakura. I think that's what's going on next. Um, Roberto Azusa versus Spike Carlisle, I didn't get to, to watch this one. The, the time was very bad for me. Uh, I need to catch up with, uh, especially those fights and the uh, Boccao fight against Ruki Yampo. Uh, other than that, I mean, the, there was some John Dodson action, but I mean, hot take, but when John Dodson goes to the decision super boring most of the time, to be honest, uh, Wilka Sasaki saw some action. So yeah, I talk about this one. And as I didn't watch most, most of it don't have much to say. So let's get into the big one. As usual, is the UFC. We have Sterling versus Cejudo. I, I'll give you a quick rundown on my thoughts on, on pretty much every fight. So we have Sterling versus Cejudo on the main event. I thought the fight was pretty bad, to be honest. Um, there were, I I guess they were going like with the idea of out wrestling each other, so they didn't have like a very complex like striking striking game plan going on, I guess. Uh, but yeah, in Cejudo having a lot of trouble with the distance. I, I was expecting that like, Sterling very long, obviously, and fights like very long with very annoying long strikes. Um, Sterling. The lack of boxing was very apparent. I mean, he obviously he got some good hands going on here and there, but it's the fact that he's not like a combination a combination puncher at all. That it could have allowed him to to win this fight, especially at distance, if he had like a more fluid like one, two, three. Even that could have been more better to deal with the shorter fire and that just uh, like the just the poking and the pot churning from distance. Uh, The wrestling changes had some cool moments. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, Cejudo was very surprised. Um, Obviously, with the size of Sterling, Sterling pretty big, but also with the the skill. Uh, Sterling very good at MMA, grappling especially, and and wrestling Uh, against the cage. He made Cejudo very uncomfortable. Uh, Cejudo still got to look, like, great at moments when it came to wrestling, especially... When he, we had, he had his, his classic by now, like the double underhooks inside trip uh, from the clinch. Uh, he muscled Sterling down in that one looked very good. At the, at the first round, he also got a takedown from the, from the body lock. I don't remember. I think it maybe was like he turned into an outside trip. Not sure. Uh, not excited to rewatch this one. I thought the the striking was, was pretty boring, to be honest. Sehudo uh, started to put some good ideas together, but he never, like, put money, like, in the bag with the, with the body shots. He was, like, very hit and miss with the leg kicks, despite having some success. Uh Commentary was horrible for this one, uh, and it was even worse than the main. but we'll talk about that in a bit. But, I mean, not hating, like, obviously Sterling, Sehudo but both very good fighters. I don't think they had uh, the the matchup didn't lend itself to be a very, a very good fight. In my opinion, I mean, if you enjoyed it, like more power to you. Uh, I'm not saying like, oh, this is objectively bad fight. Um, If you like this fight, you're a moron. I'm not saying any of that. I just didn't vibe with it. I just didn't vibe with it. Bantamweight is obviously my favorite division, and it's been so exciting for so long. And I don't know. It's not that I don't like these two fighters. not a big fan of either, obviously, but I don't know, man. And, uh, both can be, like, super cool. When Sterling was getting those those, like, dog back takes on, on Piro Jan, that was fucking awesome. When hula turned the, the fight around against Maro Morais, that was great, too. So, it's not that I'm a hater. I just didn't enjoy this fight. In, in my opinion, it wasn't very good. Um, I tweeted that I will just pretend that uh, Sergio Perez has, like, Impenetrable takedown defense, and he's the best bantamweight in the world. That's that's my lore for now. Co-main event, we had five rounds between Bellal Mohammed and Gilbert Burns. Uh, competitive first round, but I think Gilbert Burns injured his. I think it was his left. Yeah, it was the left, the left arm going for a takedown. I I think I heard someone say in the first round. I don't know what what it was, but the, the left hand was toast for the rest of the fight. Like he couldn't jab, he couldn't left hook and Gilbert like pretty decent left hook. It was a good a good weapon for this match, especially. Uh Mohammed came into this fight like a lot of like uh, stench switches. Uh, kicking super hard for both stances. That was like the, the cool the cool stuff that Bal did. And, and yeah, he, he just kept, like, in Burns' face. He kept the high volume. He was landing, like, solid body kicks and landing, like, uh, block of head kicks that they hurt pretty much. Not to the hurt side, though. He was, like, pretty much kicking always the, the right arm of Gilbert Burns because he was, like, going, kicking from southpaw, kicking high, and then Gilbert was blocking with his right hand. I mean, this one was, <laughs> this one was was also not a very good fight in my opinion. I didn't enjoy it a lot. Uh, Belal Mohamed keeps proving that he's very good. I mean, for the division, but he proves that he's good, but not in a very interesting way. I don't know. I, I, I Maybe I was grumpy <laughs> on Saturday because I was not enjoying the fights, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but yeah. Oh, but... One thing, uh, Belal Muhammad deserves the title shot. He deserves it a lot more than Colby Covington. The fact that he's he needs to wait until Colby fights Leon Edwards is complete bullshit. Give this man his fucking title shot. He deserves it more than anyone. Uh, stop fucking around. Fuck Colby Covington. He hasn't beat anyone like the ghost of Jorge Masvidal. Who fucking cares? He also got rocked in that fight. This was so embarrassing. Before that we have Yang Xiaonan against Jessica Andrade, uh, Andrade looked very lost from from the beginning of the fight. I mean, Xiaonan, I, I was predicting that she was going to be very disciplined about maintaining distance and she was like larger than Jessica Andrade. I mean, obviously she's taller, she's longer, but and she looked very big next to her. I don't know if Andrade has lost some weight on this to wake up to 115. I don't know. She looked pretty small. Um, and yeah, Andrade was getting frustrated. She wasn't being able to track uh, Yao with we- exits with the uh, with the doubling act with the hooks that she usually does. Uh, she was getting some success with the uh, with leg kicks. Uh, tried going to the body at a, bi- a little bit. Uh, but at the end, like, Andrade gets desperate, trying to, like, put some hands on on Xiaonan. I guess she felt like she needed to get some respect going on for her to slow the pace. Uh, she got careless. Nan lands, like, a huge right hand. Andrade goes to the ground. Uh, she, in my opinion, she looked, like, still in in it when she went to the ground and she was looking to defend. But... Uh, uh, Herb Dean, I think it was, stop the fight. Not a terrible stoppage, but I don't think I agree. I, I think you should give the especially if this was like a high stakes fight. I think you should give the fighter a like, chance to a chance to defend themselves. Right. And I'll talk about that in a bit again. Before that, we have Mosbari Vlojev taking like very short notice. Uh, Diego Lopez, uh, Lopez hurt him in the first round with a right hook on the, in the clinch, maybe a left one. I, I don't really remember, to be honest. Um, and then had like super tight arm bar on the ground. It was crazy first round. Iblojev started taking over, but Lopez stayed in the fight, like pretty respectable performance by Lopez. Iblojev you know, looked a bit small on this one and he has, he has made 135 in the past. He's a, 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 He's quite a bit bigger than when he used to be a banana weight, but maybe he can, he's super lean as well. So yeah, the diet and, and cutting to 135 is probably, probably a big ask for Iblojev, but I mean, he still won this fight. It was, I mean, it's, it's a five, a five day notice replacement and Lopez showed up to fight. So I don't know. No, I don't think Iblojev loses any stock out of this one, especially because he won the fight. He looked good yeah, here. He's one of the best uh, featherweights in the world right now. Uh, so this one was probably the best like fight of the night. He, it he won fight of the night, by the way. So. Right called there. Um, it's is it Dana that that chooses the. The bonuses, I don't know, but um good, good for both guys for getting their money and on that one. Uh, Charles Jourdain fought Cron Gracie, Cron Gracie looked absolutely like shit. Um, he wasn't trying to even hit Jourdain. He wasn't trying to set up takedowns. He was just walking forwards, looking very tired. I mean, like he looked very like a day ago from from the moment the fight started. Uh, Jourdain kept discipline, didn't take big risks, still lead Cron up. Uh, Yeah, no, nothing much to say, I mean, uh, after the fight against Kov Swanson that Kron Gracie had and like Kron was trying to get the fight to the ground on that one, like not desperately, but he was trying to grab clinches here, pull guard a few times, Uh, he was just getting the knight, so he he started exchanging hands with Kov and that was like the right thing to do, obviously you're a pro fighter. Uh, but his, his father, Rickson, Hickson Gracie, um, complete con artist. by the way. I mean, he was a legit fighter in his time, but he claims, like, to be undefeated with a 400 fight. Even even Hickson's father called him out on his bullshit and told him that he was, like, counting, like, sparrings and gym fights and stuff and shit like that, and that it was bullshit. Also, like, I gotta say, Hickson ducked sakuraba so i don't know man how tough are you <laughs> getting back into track uh hickson criticized his son for for betraying jiu-jitsu for not fighting for not trying to get the fight to the mat uh for trying that that boxing shit like boxing is some kind of like forbidden fruit for the Gracie family uh so yeah i mean kron comes into the fight fighting like an actual Gracie look, looking like shit and getting his ass beat um, and that was a fight for sure. Charles Jourdain called for a fight against Edson Barbosa. I hope we get that. That would, that would be fire. Main event of the prelims. We have Matt Frebola versus Drew Dover. I thought Drew Dover was going to win this one like 100%. I was so sure. I thought he had Frebola beating basically every aspect. Fight begins. Frebola starts super hot, super sharp. He, he looked pretty good from the from the beginning of the fight and Dover looked pretty off to be honest. Um he looked kind of slow, he was trying to make his reads. Uh, I don't know if like Dover is starting to uh, starting to get lazy with the defense because he he draws his power so much. Uh Dro- Dover like Fribola comes and starts kicking from the uh from the right side. Uh, Dover is the the southpaw here and he starts kicking hard uh he lands some hard uh, kicks to the body uh, for the first time uh for looked like a guy that has like tight tattoos on his back which he does by the way <laughs> it was so funny when he was like a wrestler, a wrestler boxer with like more tight tattoos on his back but but back to the fight uh dover uh was getting like hit clean from the early on um I, I never thought, like, Dover was, like, a slow starter, but maybe. I mean, not, not, like, a slow starter, but he likes to make his reads to start to get going. Like, he's he's not very sure how to approach fights once the fight begins. Um, Dover started finding the um, the left hand to the body. Uh, he landed two that, like, fribola hated. He was circling. He was, like, like, no, obviously, like, not, like, close to being knocked out or finished, but you can tell like Frebola was hating those left hands. And then finishing sequence, Dover goes with the left hand to the body, doesn't make any defensive movement, like he was so sure that he was going to fuck Frebola up with that one. Frebola returns fire with the right hand, a huge right hook, drops Dover. Dover looked pretty conscious, in my opinion, similar to the Andrade. Uh, And the thing that bothered, bothered me the most was that Dober was like getting nailed on the ground. He worked his way up to full guard, and then it was when the fight got stopped. Uh, I think this one was yeah. the The Yang Xiaonan was not her in this one was. Um, um. Yeah. I mean, I I thought the the stoppage was not good. Like, if you already let it play out, you you have to you have to let the fighter def- defend himself. Um. Yeah. I mean, but good for. Good for fribola like very good performance. I, I don't want to sound salty, like oh, I wanted through Dover to win, but no. But fribola looked very good here, and he's in a hot streak. Um And yeah, he uh, this one uh, a ranked, uh, ranked opponent, so he gets a ranking, and what he does with that, he calls for a fight against Pavi- Paddy Plimplet. So. <laughs> I mean I understand. Uh the fight against Paddy gets a lot of eyes on you. Paddy is like a hot commodity for lightweight at this moment, but but at the same time, like if you're a top fifteen fighter, you should be above fighting Paddy Pimple, to be honest. Kennedy and for fought Devin Clark. Uh so very very not good fight. <laughs> Devin Clark at one moment like lands a uh, super clean, was it a straight ride? I think on Kennedy and Sejuku hurts him, and Devin Clark was so surprised that he hurt a fighter with his hands. He didn't know what to do. Kennedy just like did the over him, like high guard against the fence. Devin Clark couldn't get anything going there, tried to hit him, but he was hitting the arms most of the time. And then second round and Sejuku's size starts to just being better than him. And then they go. Dan Clark goes for a single leg in open space, like no setup. Uh, they go to the cage. He he keeps trying, going for the high crouch, and Sajjigoo grabs the ninja choke. That goes with the arm to the, his bicep uh, with a guillotine, and and yeah, I mean, Dan Clark started tapping. He tapped twice, and the referee never saw it. So he saw when Dan Clark was already unconscious. And it was a fight for sure. Chaos Williams fought Rolando Bedoya. Uh, somewhat contentious split decision. Uh, as I say in my preview, Rolando Bedoya, fun action fighter. Uh, he surprised me with his sheen on this one because I saw him getting hurt by like regional guys that were like not not twice, not half the puncher that Chaos Williams was, but he was taking Chaos punches all night on this one. Uh, very funny fight because Bedoya was like trying to do his slick stuff. He's a lot, of, a lot more flash than substance, I would say Bedoya, but he's still a pretty decent fighter. Uh, his physique looks so terrible next to Chaos Williams that looked like all jacked and shit. And you can tell like Chaos Williams was like hitting a lot harder than him. He was a lot quicker, a lot stronger in the clinch. In the clinch, it was crazy. Like they were in 50-50. Bedoya tried with all his might to reverse position to put Chaos against the gauge. He could not like you could tell Chaos Williams was so much stronger than him. But Chaos Williams, man, he looked bad on this one. Like, who are the who is coaching this man? Who's coaching this man? Why are you allowing such a good athlete to fight like this? He he put like a good jab but like a few times during the fight. He doesn't have follow-ups. Uh, most of his meaningful offense just consists of switching with your shin straight up in the air, looking like shit. Uh, the defense also not there. Not a good wrestler. It's like he just gets by by being a huge puncher, and I mean, it's so disappointing. Maybe the the coaches are good, and it's Chaos Williams that doesn't just have the brain. I mean, not not calling him dumb, but sometimes you don't have the mentality to put put it together inside a fight. Maybe Chaos Williams like looks good in the bats, looks good in the sparring, and then he gets to the fight and gets nervous. I don't know. I don't not trying to not trying to talk so much shit. Obviously, I'm talking a little bit of shit here, but man, I don't know, man. You should be looking better than this if you're a a full time pro fighter and you have these kind of attributes because obviously the guy is athletic, he's strong, he hits hard, he has a good chin, too, and the cardio is not terrible either. Like he was tired on the third round, but he was still able to throw it down. It was wasn't good. Birna Gandirova took a unanimous decision against Marina Rodriguez. Uh, I talked in the preview how Birna is a better wrestler than Mackenzie Dern. And that was probably going to allow her to maybe get Marina to the ground. At the end of the, at the end of the day, I didn't listen to myself, picked Marina. Birna Yandirova wrestled the shit out of Marina Rodriguez. Other than the third round, the third round we saw some takedowns by Birna. and Marina was like hitting hitting her a lot from the bottom. So I guess that's a round for for Rodriguez. And as, as I said, the, the problem with Birna is that she, when she gets like into jujitsu mode, not a lot of ground and pound, and she has pop when she remembers to ground and pound. So she she should try to like work more those controlling positions, getting some wrist rights or some wrist control going on in the ground to get some more ground and pound, just in case yeah, that you cannot s- submit your opponent. And also like ground and pound is very good to open up submissions. But yeah, I mean Birna. I hope Marina is able to rebound for this one. I like her as a fighter. Uh, I think my hopes for her for her being elite are gone, but I hope she keeps being an exciting action fighter at 115. Parker Porter fought Braxton Smith. Braxton Smith uh, fought uh, Chase Chairman like eight years ago or something. Lost. Disappeared from the planet. Came back like last year, had like a, eight fights. Everything was a knockout on the first round. Obviously, the guy has huge powers, pretty athletic. But but yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't expecting him to be good. And Parker Porter did the the veteran or uh, Started nailing him with. with I mean, he 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 was just defending at first, then a few jabs, and then started grabbing the collar ties. And from the collar ties, he was landing like good, good uppercuts. Landed a beautiful knee to the solar plexus. Braxton knee tried to shoot, doesn't didn't even try to shoot. Like he was like ducking into a clinch. It wasn't like a level change. Parker Porter like snap downs him, and finishes him in the ground. So good for Parker Porter. Uh, Before that, we have Ikram Aliskerov versus Phil Hoss. Phil Hoss was uh, taking him to school. And then. And then I got distracted and Phil Hoss was unconscious on the ground. And apparently Aliskerov, I thought I saw when Aliskerov like landed like a like a blockhead head kick that had Phil Hoss like going, oh, shit, what's going on? And then I was watching. I watched to the side. And then Phil Hoss was dead on the ground. Uh, Al Scaro caught him with a one-two. Al Scaro doesn't look good to me. I mean, he has—he's a decent wrestler. He has a, a legit like top submission game, but he looked bad on the feet here, and he won. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit salty to be honest. <laughs> I don't know, you. Phil Hoss like looks decent at times, but the defense is not there. Uh, he, the Another case of just not having the mentality to be a good MMA fighter, I guess, because he's so athletic, he, has, he hits hard. He does smart shit on the offense a lot of the time, but couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And the opener fight was Claudio Ribeiro versus Joseph Holmes. Joseph Holmes missed weight and decided to put on the wrestling cosplay for this one, despite never being a wrestler, always being a bad grappler. I mean, not a terrible grappler. He has like a back back take, but his wrestling has never been good. Uh, And yeah, Hibero a lot more athletic, stronger than him. He couldn't get the takedowns going, and got fucked up for it. And that was it. And that was the event. It wasn't very good Uh, if you didn't watch it or want to rewatch any fight. Obviously, the Fribola versus Dover was fire. To be honest, on oh, Dave Loya versus Diego Lopez was good. I was I would skip everything else. If you didn't watch Sterling versus Sehudo you you should watch it just because it is important. In some news, Dana White uh, apparently is in favor of doing like a fight in China between Yang Xiaonan and Yang Wei Li um, and yeah, I mean... Obviously, that's the right move to do, right? Um, I don't feel like that's a good fight. I don't know. I feel like unless like uh, Zhang Wei Li wrestles here, they're going to have like a boring like kickboxing fight with a lot of inside leg kicks and flailing, flailing combos and not much else. But maybe maybe the girls can prove me wrong. Hopefully, hopefully I like 115 as a division. So maybe they have a very good fight. And everything in everyone in China is happy. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, in a, and now for a change of mood, uh, very sad news. Felipe Colares, former UFC fighter uh, for the weight and at featherweight, uh, was killed in a bus accident. Uh, terrible news. Feel so sorry for for his family, for his friends, for everyone around him. Uh, he was. He was a decent fighter, too. He was good. He was in exciting fights in the UFC. Uh, very sad news. but I just wanted to, to mention that, like, it's a fighter that I saw a fight. Uh, I saw every every of his fights in the UFC. Uh, just 29 years old. It's terrible. Terrible. And Moving on into some fight announcements, I guess. Um... Poliana Viana was supposed to fight Emily Ducote, and now he's getting replaced. She's getting replaced by Lupi Godinez. So a fight between girls that lost to Angela Hill. Uh, I'm expecting Lupi Godinez to win this one. I mean, pretty good fight to be honest. Um, Danny Roberts is fighting Johnny Parsons, and I cannot remember Johnny Parsons. I think I have to. Have to Google him. Obviously I should have done this before. Oh yeah, Johnny Parsons is a contender series guy that won a split decision. That they're trying they're trying to get my boy Danny Roberts a win in London here. And I'm not against that. I for some reason I like Danny Roberts and the UFC did him dirty, um booking him against Jack Della Maddalena obviously so hopefully Danny Roberts can get a win in, in front of his his home crowd on this one. Uh, the biggest announcement of the of the week when it came to fights was obviously Amanda Nunez uh is now fighting Irene Aldana instead of Pena. Um, yeah I mean hope Aldana wins this one. I, I like Irene Aldana. And uh, Nunes I'm I'm tired. Of, of Nunes, to be honest. Oh, the co-main in that pay-per-view is Olivera versus Dariush and that's a great fight. So let's pretend that's the main event there. Uh, Bang your alert for one hundred and fifty-five. One hundred and fifty-five uh, is Jamie Mularkey because he's fighting Guram Kutateladze and that's one. That one is a great fight. That that one I like a lot. I fuck with this fight. That one is going to be fun. That one. That one's going to be a good fight. Uh, the one that is not going to be a good fight like no chance in hell is Andrei Arlovsky. He's fighting Dante Mace and that's a fight for sure. Uh, Jordan Levitt is fighting Elvis Brenner. Elvis Brenner, I think he's uh, Diego Lima should the box, right? I don't know. He was pretty good in his last fight. And yeah, Levitt. No, he, he's coming from a, from a knockout wind, so... No, that, that could be cool, I guess. And then we have next next week we have two events, we have Bellator. Musasi is defending his middleweight uh No no no, he's not defending shit. Yeah, he lost. His last fight, he's not the champion. <laughs> but it's Musasi versus Fabian Edwards, the brother of of Rock of Leon Rocky Edwards. The lesser brother of Leon Edwards. Um who else is in this one? Um you have Brent Primus. Never liked Brent Primus to be honest. Chivo Guti. Douglas Lima is in action. Jesus Christ, Douglas Lima is in a fort fight losing streak. I haven't been keeping up with Bellator, to be honest. Um yeah, I mean This this card looks super meh. Uh, Probably not watching this one. Maybe I'll catch the main event if I have nothing to to do Friday night. And then you have UFC and the main event is Jairzino Rosenstruck versus Jailton Almeida. And uh, um, why why do this as a main event Uh, to you already have like the next fight at heavyweight like lined up? Well, obviously you have Stipe versus John Jones and and yeah and I guess you have Pavlovich waiting for the title to the title shot there's Aspinall as well so I doubt uh, Jelton, Jelton is getting a title shot with a win here and most importantly this is not going to be a good fight maybe you get a cool finish from either of the guys, but not a good fight. This one is going to suck. And if it goes like longer than two rounds, it's going to suck even more. I don't understand this heavyweight main event thing. I mean, I I, I get that they are ranked fighters, but yeah. What else is in this card? Anthony Smith versus Johnny Walker. That's the co-main for a card that already has a heavyweight main event. Come on, dude! Come on! Come on! This—Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, Daniel Rodriguez is fighting Ian Machado Gary, and that—I heard someone say this is the best fight in this card. And I hope not. I mean, this is a good fight. Um. Yeah, I mean, D-Rod probably has the skills to box, uh, Ian Gary, but I don't think he has the. He has the smarts to do that. I I think um, uh, Ian Gary is going to to pepper shot him from distance, maybe hurt him. Uh, he has better cardio than that D-Roth as well. So, but yeah, I mean that if if Ian Gary wins this one, he's like this is a good progression for him. The, the UFC if the UFC wants Ian Gary to be something, they're doing a great job with him because I don't know why they want him to be something like he's not as incredibly exciting as a fighter um he's good he's good not done not hating on the guy uh but i don't know if i don't think he's like super dynamic and exciting and also uh, the the personality is super bland but i don't know the ufc loves their white guys so i guess there's that and he's also irish um a more boring type of Irish than Conor McGregor, for sure. But yeah, Mackenzie Dern is fighting Angela Hill, hoping Hill wins this one. But yeah, that this one should be good. Probably, I say I'm probably ranking this one over the Gary versus rod fight. Tim Means is fighting Alex Morono. Good, good fight between veterans, to be honest. Uh, Morono should win this one just based on on the chin. And like just being like 32 years with a lot less mileage on his body, but should be fun as long as it 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 lasts. Uh, And in another like veteran fight between like even older guys, we have Matt Brown versus Kurt McGee. Kurt McGee not often in exciting fights, despite having a reputation for it for some reason. I don't know. It's maybe I don't know. But yeah, they should. But. If anyone like can make like G have a fun fight, it's probably Matt Brown. Um, yeah, I'm I'm okay with Matt Brown fighting like veterans and not like young guys at this stage of his career. Uh, we have the rebooking of Carl Williams versus Chase Sherman. Thank God we're finally going getting to see this amazing fight. Uh, I just hope Chase Sherman manages to win this one somehow because Kurt Williams like just wrestles a lot and it's not exciting at all. Oh, you we have Cody Steyman versus Douglas da Silva de Andrade. That's the best fight of the card. Right there, right there. That that one is good. That one is good. I'm I'm all for it. I fuck with this one. This one is a good fight. Look looking forward to this one. I'm probably not my else. We have Carlos Ulberg versus the Duelist. We have Ihor Poteria finally making his comeback. The guy that did not shoot against Shogun Hua because he respects him. I did not fire. Uh, what else we have? Nathan Levi versus Pete Rodriguez at lightweight. That one is that one is solid. That one is solid. That one of the best ones in the in the card. That one is going to be exciting rooting for my boy, Pete Rodriguez, and I'm glad that he's finally dropping to to lightweight. We have ji Jung Kim versus Mandy Bond. Man, they, they are not cutting ji Jung Kim. I mean, I'm glad because I, I do not agree with a lot of the decisions that she has been losing. Uh, I hope I hope she can win this one because she's getting cut for sure. I I like ji Jong Kim, like she can put like some boxing combinations together sometimes. Uh, she's cute. So, uh, we have Gabe Green versus Brian Battle. I mean, that's alright, alright. That's it. Uh, alright. Uh, we have Jessica Cla- uh, Jessica Rose Clark versus Tanyara Lisboa, and I don't know this girl, but her nickname is Thai Panther, and uh, she probably does not fight like traditional Muay Thai at all, but. That I fuck with that nickname. And and yeah, and Jessica Rosecrack, she thinks she's a wrestler now, so she's going to try to take down the the kickboxer. And that's it. Um and I guess that's it. I mean uh that's the podcast, I guess. Uh, uh, again. Thanks to everyone that that listens to me. Remember to support us on Patreon, if you don't already, at the fight site. Um, And Yeah, I'll be publishing some stuff this week. I don't know if, like, just, like, Twitter threads. Maybe uh, I'll try to make some articles. But uh, I'll try to get some content, like, more analytical, well-put-together content for you guys because you guys deserve it. But, yeah, thank you, everyone, for your support. And I'll see you next week for another one of the Early Pillion Podcasts. I'm Fenyo and I'm signing out.